Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Libations and Boxy Confessions. I'm your host, Brenda Lee. And I wanted to first thank you guys for listening in. It's been really fun recording these so far, and I really appreciate everybody's feedback and suggestions. They've been really helpful. And so just keep them coming. I really welcome uh, everyone's input on this, as it is a new project for me. Um, And that takes me to just a little footnote that my podcasts are recorded on the scene at local bars and restaurants. And the biggest challenge in this format that I'm learning is that there's so many things going on around you, whether it's um, the waiter or waitress taking your order to your food being presented to you or the bartender asking, um, you know, if you want another drink. And so it's really distracting And the challenge is to really stay on topic and avoid, you know, these type of distractions. So it's not easy. It's really a huge challenge putting together this podcast. Um, But I do love a challenge and the challenge is what motivates me and it definitely helps me strengthen overall how to to handle impromptu and on-the-spot situations. So it is a plus for me, um, but I just wanted to kind of interject that all of these podcasts are really going to be recorded Um, on the scene so just for your information but as I said I'm having just a great time doing this and this particular episode takes place at a popular local restaurant by the name of Battalion and my best friend and I are there to celebrate the start of restaurant week and so I'll go into that um, in detail during this podcast and so we really dive in in the beginning to a three-course dinner at Battalion, which is an Italian restaurant located in Southtown of San Antonio. And so this episode, we're going to talk about New Year's Eve resolutions, Super Bowl predictions, and the Houston Astros cheating scandal, and also, um, you know, enjoy some really good food and drinks. So like I said, uh, leave me your comments or suggestions, and enjoy this episode number four. Thanks, guys. What's up, everyone? We are at Battalion right now with my BFF. That's me, the number Margie. one, the number one interviewer from episode one. Margie, say hello, hello. Hola, hola. <laughs> so this is another episode of Libations and Boxy Confessions, and we are here enjoying a beautiful dinner, our first dinner. You know of what? 2020. It is our first dinner. The last time we recorded at Hanzo was in December and that was probably like the last time I seen you and that makes sense why 2020 seems so empty and now you have me so <laughs> now we're all good <laughs> your life is complete and also because we left Hanzo not knowing yeah if it wasn't for that recording like that whole day like wouldn't have existed because those were mine erasers of drinks but you know the funny part to be honest and to um be truthfully and brutally honest if you listen to that recording you can hear the waitress in the background um, telling us how she without even knowing got seriously fucked up 
and how she couldn't drive when she had one too many sake bombs and and we laughed in her and face and we laughed in her face just bring her some drinks <laughs> <laughs> and what do you know towards the end of the night that's we, what I get for laughing <laughs> yeah that's what we get for not listening because someone took an Uber home it was me <laughs> And that was about the smartest thing that I did all night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. It, you know what I blame? I blame the sake. I'm not I'm not used to that, I guess. Um, well, no, and I don't never, ever want to do it again either. No. It was a good experience. We have it on camera. I mean, on, on you know, yeah. tape. But that girl was trying to warn us. And we just laughed and said... Um, okay. I owe her a big tip for trying to save my life. <laughs> Did you tip her? I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever your name is, we're sorry if we did not tip you. But we'll go visit you again. Yeah. Thanks for the advice, though. And we'll listen next time. <laughs> no more sake bombs. No. Are you sure, though? Because they were good. Maybe um, not this year. Let's try again another time. <laughs> 2021. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's been, what, probably a month since we've at least. hung out. Our last recording was at Hanzo, and Margie was so kind to um, introduce me. But now we're into episode four. And we are, we're at this, oh, it's restaurant week. It is restaurant week, which is a great way for us to hang out getting for the first time together yes time to eat time to drink time to be merry again again (laughs) just not too merry (laughs) (laughs) no ubers tonight but um it's restaurant week and it's that's kind of a part of culinaria in san antonio um so restaurant week is basically uh all of the restaurants in san antonio they come up with prefixed uh lunch and dinner menus and they, they kind of have it to where there's a three-course meal for, say, uh, what we're doing right now. Three-course meal for $35 at Battalion. And we'll go a little bit more into Battalion. This is a really amazing restaurant in Southtown in San Antonio. But um, they have prefix menus. And they have kind of like their top items with the chef kind of puts together. And so it's really for everyone to explore and to experience different restaurants and different... At a good price, too. At a good price. I mean, we're, we're actually going to split... Um, we're about to have um, an appetizer, a nice dinner, and dessert. And dessert. For a lovely price of $35. And this place, so it's called Battalion. Uh, like I said, it's located in Southtown. But it used to be a firehouse, and you can kind of tell the way it's structured, and I know this because my dad was a fireman in San Antonio. He's now retired, but um, you can see the structure, but they really just refurbished this building into a restaurant, and it's amazing. Like, yeah. the decor, it's it's higher end, it's really nice, but the if you haven't been here... Yeah. I think the building is like 100 years old itself, I right? I think so. And it's beautiful. It's like got cement walls. Um, the decor is very Elan, which was the word of the day, and I'm just so proud that I used it in a Okay, sentence. you have to tell me what Elan means. Elan, like, it means sophisticated style, and that's exactly what Battalion is here. Um, dim lighting. I've seen that. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to always find places that have really dim lighting. Because I did my podcast, real quick <laughs> one. It was a follow-up because I missed a week because I was sick. But I went to this bar in Elmo Heights. I've and I basically it. described it as really dim. It's hard to see. But you know what? I look good in this lighting, though. <laughs> no, that's probably why I'm I pick kidding. it. I look better when it's dim out. I'm just kidding. I'm pretty in the sunlight, too. Just to interject those facts real Yeah, quick. me too. <laughs> Bring on the sunshine. But, yeah, I seem to find these, like, really dim, lit type of places. But I'm all about the ambiance. But and you know I feel what? Like the, the correct lighting yes. gives you that perfect ambiance, and so but that's why I recommend place, these places. I don't think it's open for lunch. It is open for dinner, but if you come early enough in the day, there's so many windows, you can get a lot of sunlight. So it's pretty in the day. It's pretty at night. So we actually just ordered, um, like I said, there's a three-course meal, and we're doing the appetizer right now, and these are... I should have got the menu... Well, three cheese um, pork and beef meatballs. Pork and beef meatballs. Granted, oh, there's man. only three of them. That was bite one, and I spilled it all over myself. Okay, the one thing about Margie that I love is she can never keep it clean. <laughs> you always come out of a restaurant with, like, a tomato stain or a drink stain. I think last time <laughs> when we were at Sancho's, <laughs> you spilled her drink. Did I? You're mar- did, I mean, like... Let me remind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, you knocked it over, but still. Oh, shit. I mean, oh, shoot. You can cuss. It's just a podcast. Okay. <laughs> but have we done Culinaria Restaurant Week before? I don't think we have. I don't think we have, which is awful news. That's, that's so weird that we have it, but I'm glad we're here now. Um, and you chose battalion, and I'm glad you chose battalion. There's lots and lots of of choices, and the choices like actually make it hard to choose. But oh my god, I know. So I'm not big on um, fish or what do they have? Octopus is one of the appetizers. Oh yeah, no. I'll be daring like in a few weeks, but not tonight. There's a side of you that wants to be daring, but I know. it's but it's like ah. Uh, but I also want to enjoy what I'm putting in my mouth. Right. Um, but no, pre- I mean, this this place is predominantly Italian food. But it's it's the type of Italian food where the pasta is handmade every morning. Elevated Italian. It's elevated Italian. And that's actually a word um, that I learned. And it's, it's taking typical cuisine and kind of obviously raising it to a certain level, but cooking it with a different type of flair. Yeah. Um, a different type of technique. So it is Italian, but what we ordered, one of the menu items, which is the dinner item, is a pasta. Because we didn't order, um, what did we order? We ordered a Parmesan chicken, was yeah. it? We did order a Parmesan chicken, so I wanted to incorporate a pasta. And this is a spinach baked in pasta that we're about to get. It's not just like uh, spinach in the sauce, which is going to be a cream sauce. It's the spinach is actually baked in, and that's what the bartender, who's very knowledgeable, told us as he described the menu so eloquently. I know. Oh my god, so good at you his job. Tell me to <laughs> order anything off the menu, but that's the reason why we're here. I love culinaria. 
and I love restaurant week and it actually happens twice a year did you know that right so it's winter time and around again like summertime I think it's a little bit after summer it's probably towards the tail end in August and I'm ashamed to say I don't think I participated in restaurant week for a few seasons now I feel which like is we awful. have you probably have maybe um but I'm glad we're here because it's San Antonio. We all love tacos, right? And we all love like Mexican food. But mm-hmm. to stop by Battalion for some Italian, Battalion wasn't a bad Italian. idea. <laughs> it wasn't a bad idea. No. Mm-mm. So we have our first course. The next course would be the main, and that's the chicken parmesan. And we did get dessert, which comes with the $35 prefix menu. Yep. Oh, I can't wait. And we do have a couple drinks in front of us. This wouldn't be the Libations and Boxy Confessions show without one, my BFF Margie. That's and without, me. Yeah. You can laugh, Margie. It's okay. <laughs> Just do it. Okay, 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 okay. Without one, Margie, and then without two, a couple cocktails, because that's what we like to do. And... Well, I want to know what you ordered. So what I been on it for a while. Yeah, because what I ordered at first it was the um, it was a arsonist. You get it? Because we're in a firehouse. You know what? So I, <laughs> so I ordered the arsonist, and it was supposed to be a tequila, kind of with a pomegranate liquor. But the guy who I, I just said is so good at his job. Maybe he kind of needed the pillar man. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I didn't notice that these are all kind of um, like related to firemen jobs. Some of them, jaws of life, the right? Rock, the arsonist, the tillerman. I don't know what that means. Even like FH seven, firehouse seven. Yeah. See, my dad was there. We go number eight. Um, As for what I have in my cup, I have no idea what this is. I don't think it is what you know, I ordered. I, tried it. I didn't taste tequila. I didn't I taste tequila. Bourbon. That's what I told you in the beginning. It tasted like bourbon. It looks like a straight up... Um, no, we didn't order the veal. I don't eat cow. I think I, I have cow. a straight up... Um, I think you have the Tillerman. Yeah, just it's bourbon. Just bourbon. Americano and orange bitters. Yeah. That's why you've been on it for a while. I'm sipping. Maybe it was meant to be. I'll accept. Maybe. My next one will be an arsonist. <laughs> You're going to burn this place down? <laughs> um, for me, I'm having... Um, I had a couple... I had a Prosecco. But now I'm having a dirty martini. And which, I know a martini, but what's a dirty martini? What makes it a dirty martini? So actually, what makes it a dirty martini is the olive juice. Oh. So normally, if you have a, a, the basic martini, it's going to be either a gin or a vodka. Um, and of course, you're going to add the olives because that's like the staple. Exactly. Um, and what is it? The sweet vermouth or dry vermouth. That's remove. what I was yeah. about to say. I couldn't get the V out of my head. <laughs> And with the dirty, you're still going to do all of those ingredients, but you're going to add olive juice to it, and that just that makes it a dirty martini. And I love olives. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, I see you very much enjoying these olives in a very provocative They're way so right good. now. 
But yeah, so we're we're patiently waiting for our food. Uh oh. That goes right here, please. Set him right here. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, we'll hang on to that. <laughs> Has my name on it. Yeah. <laughs> so why this, don't you describe what we just ordered? This lovely food brought to us is oh, so I love it because it's like the two like different spectrums that he talked to us about. Remember? Mm -hmm. So this is like the the Parmesan chicken, which is in like a robust tomato sauce. But on the other side is what we ordered is like a pasta to go alongside of it or a pasta family. It's the dumplings, um, a spinach dumpling. And you can look at them and they're green. They look like little cubes. They look very unique, but I still want to get my face into it like <laughs> now. <laughs> Wait, but is that bacon on top or? Pancetta. It's pancetta. Pancetta. Yeah, so that's on the opposite end of the spectrum, and it's very more like creamy, like a white cream sauce that it's kind of melted into. Right. Um, so, so all this is bought to us. Restaurant week, culinaria. So do we want to talk about culinaria a little bit? So I did. Hopefully you follow me on my Twitter. I have my personal Twitter, uh, Brenda, B-R-E-N-D-U-H underscore L on Twitter, but my libations and boxy confessions Twitter is something separate. Is it good? It's very good. <laughs> so you thought you'd just eat it while I'm talking. <laughs> and I watch you eat it, but it's hard. I ate two of them while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, culinaria is in a whole, um, a part of the San Antonio food scene. And they don't just have restaurant week, but they have um, events that happen throughout the year. They have a 5K, um, I believe it's like a wine yeah, wine run in La Cantera, which is a shopping center. Um, and then they have the Titans of Tailgate, which is the weekend. I want to say coming it's up, right? In yeah, January it's coming right weekend. Now. Yeah. And so that's like a big, it's at the Sun Gardens downtown, but it's a big kind of cook-off between um, all the best chefs and the, the best chefs who can barbecue their ass off. Uh, and that is a little bit pricey, to be honest. I saw the $75 price tag, and eh, maybe I'll do one more restaurant, but I'll yeah. have to do <laughs> <a> tailgate. <laughs> right. Um, and that's just a, that's another type of event that happens during culinaria. Um, so, like, as a whole, it's actually, like, a nonprofit organization, too. So, like, everything that they do throughout the year, like the, the restaurant weeks and the, the 5K, like, all the... All the um, like monies from that go to back to like culinary education and like oh, teaching like that. right like teaching new chef, up and coming chefs and the gift that just keeps on giving. I'm about to eat this and eat it with good thoughts, knowing that you're supporting another chef as you eat it. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. It's good, right? I taste the cream sauce. You don't like it's they're they're cute. They're um, Cube spinach pasta bites, basically. So we're eating from the same spoon? I didn't notice, but that's okay, right? Do you mind? I know you don't. I mean, we already did. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's good. I can't taste the, the pancetta as much as I would want to. Which 
means I would love more of like that meat, like that salty flavor to it. <laughs> Make a chair. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. How about the chicken? Do you Let's need to try, try the chicken? chicken? We'll try the chicken. So I'm kind of hard. Yeah, I'm really surprised that you haven't done culinary yet, only because. For me, being like a foodie as long as I have been, I'm sure we've gone somewhere to where we I did. I feel like we should have, but it's not like. They made me drink lunch. That's a very valid point. No, that would never happen. Hanzo was like a one incident. No, I know. That was like the baddest it's been in like a very long time. Yeah, because I've never seen you drive, well, take an Uber. No. I'm like, oh my no, God. Just run, like, just get through it. You're good. <laughs> Shit. But, I like but we're here. The first time that we yeah. hung out in 2020. Yeah. But, hold on, I'm about to eat this chicken. Make sure there's chicken in there. Is chicken in there? It looks like it's like mostly cheese and. Shit, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and have you made or did you make resolutions for this year? It's 2020. Um, the Roaring 20s. So I'm not the type that makes resolutions, but I do like sticking to words, you know, like if you have a new word of the year. Um, like Elon? Like, no, that's the word of the day. Oh. <laughs> but like a whole theme to stick to. Um, and mine was speak. Um, and I came up with that because I've just been like very like low key, it feels like. Um, in everything that I do, like life, work, even like social media, kind of like. Yeah. Um, so it's just like kind of like showing more of who I am because I think I'm a cool person. You are. Right? You're not this podcast if you were like your slightest bit right? in my eyes. But like for, I think 2019, I was like super low key and it was just like. I don't know what I was going through, but it was just like trying to be silent. Um, I guess more humble than what I needed to be. So just like being a little bit more expressive and like showing like. So really just getting out there. Just getting out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and just like, you know, encouraging others, speaking onto others speaking um, like more about myself and things like that. So it's just being a little bit more louder than what I was in 2019. So my biggest thing this year, and I don't really think it's a resolution, more than just a way to, to live your day-to-day and your life, and it's more about being intentional yeah. with everything. And I hear that a lot, and I feel like that's kind of, it's been a trending type of um, topic, is being intentional Especially with what you say. Yeah. And so, to me, I feel like if you're going to do something, do it with intention. If, if you have any kind of goals, do it with, you know, the overall, that intention mindset. And that's so true. Like, I was thinking about that today, actually. Like, we live in a world where, you know, there's so much technology and there's, like, so much things that save you time, like a microwave, like getting like getting in your car and going 80 miles per hour to, like, battalion from work. Like, all these, like... Which time... you did not do. No, I didn't do. <laughs> Nor am I going to do it on the way back home. No. But, um, 
there's like all these things that save you time, yet you're so busy, like packed, jam-packed with things that you can't pay attention to what's around you. So I think intentionality is a very, very good thing to, to improve on. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if that's yeah. a word, but <laughs> I'll hashtag intentionality for 2020. It'll be the word of the day tomorrow. <laughs> Trendy. <laughs> but not only that, but being intentional with yourself, but also with others. Yeah. You know, don't just say things just to say it. Like, even don't. a stranger. Like, why is a stranger in my life, like, right now? A stranger or even anyone that you're close to, a relative, a sibling. Yeah. A significant other. If you're going to talk to them, talk to them with intention. If you're going to tell them anything, like, have that intention in your yeah. back pocket. And don't just say things just to say them. And I think, like, once you get that mindset to where you're, you're working with that intention mindset... Yeah, exactly. Things just seem a lot easier. Because you're really speaking from the heart. Like, that's kind of what it boils down to. Like, you're not just giving anyone lip service. Like, oh, your hair looks pretty today. No. Or, oh, just, you know. And I think those those go hand in hand. Just like how Margie and Brenda go hand in hand. Speaking with intention. Always. Like, hey, let's go eat some food and drink some drinks. I'm down. That's intentional. <laughs> As we dig into this, um, we are intentionally tasting this chicken with every taste bud in oh our. God, it's so good. Yeah, it's really kind of drenched in tomato sauce and and cheese, but it's so good. I'm not crazy about the the what is it? The spinach. Really? All right. Slings. I am. So if I'm you want to eat the rest of this, I'll oh. eat the rest of that. Okay. <laughs> Watch me as I eat this big old, like, pound of cheese and chicken. <laughs> Ooh. I am about to mix the two up right now. And I think that's the greatest idea I've had all day. The creamy gnoc- the creamy dumpling with the robust tomato sauce. I'm a culinary okay. genius. You are. You should cook for me one day. Remember we tried to do that in 2019? <laughs> we were trying to cook for each other. Well, not in that way. Well, yeah. With okay. each other. With each other. <laughs> not for. Not for. <laughs> no. No, we wanted to expand our culinary horizons. And so we thought... And our cooking skills. Well, my lack of. But I'm pretty good at cooking. But anyways. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to hide it. But... We came around January and we thought, hey, let's just like try and explore different um, culinary, right? You know, adventures. And so we only did it. The, so the, the whole time. idea, yeah, the whole idea is we get together like on a weekend at my house, it was and then we'll be like once a month. Right now, once a month, and then we'll like cook a different cuisine from like another country. And I think we started with France and ended with France. <laughs> So legit though, we had like toasted walnuts on our pork chops. We made like and apple, <laughs> apple flavored, apple glazed pork chops. Oh yeah! I have pictures on my my IG, and I made dessert. I mean, I didn't. Oh, make, those were so good. I made you had like pastries. a raspberry puff pastry, uh-huh. and it was good. It was good. But I don't know what stopped us. Maybe all the work. 
<laughs> and it was fucking expensive. I know. Well, yeah, and it's so much easier just to show up to yeah. a restaurant and get our food <laughs> <laughs> and have someone serve it to you, other than like slaving over right. a hot meal. I know, but that was fun. I would love to do that. Maybe not. But see, even once a month, that wasn't that big of a stretch. Maybe we can make it quarterly. All right. All right. We did, we did French, so maybe we could do um, burgers. <laughs> For 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> done and done. Does somebody want to do that for us? <laughs> Someone want to make those burgers for us? Because I don't barbecue shit. But it's a good... I think it was our resolution, but we kind of failed at that. Yeah. We did one month. Yeah. But you and know what? That was cool. I don't think we're going to fail for 2020, though. I think no. those are too good to let go. It's the roaring 20s. So, do you have any resolutions? I, I spoke on that on my last podcast about people aren't talking about how they're going to lose weight and get in the gym and get fit. Like, mm. it usually dies down around this time. Did you make any resolutions and um, I know for, like, the past five years... My resolution has been to run a 5K. And I still haven't done that. Nor is the desire like the desire in me strong today to do it. I don't know what's wrong. And it's like the easiest thing you can do. Well, I don't well. If it was easy, you would have done it. Right. <laughs> and I barely did a 10K. And, and I love to run. My goodness. I mean, I know someone who did, like, a half marathon and almost died. Shut up. You see, and then I hear stories like that, and... <laughs> wait, 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 let me reverse it. <laughs> he felt better than he's ever felt in his whole life because he finished it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, there you well, go. Well, I don't know. Culinaria has this wine 5K coming up. Maybe that's the one that I'm supposed to do. How many miles is a 5K? Three? I think it's only, like, three, Yeah. We could do that. We should sign up for it. Okay. As we eat, like, I know. <laughs> and I said, okay, with a very, like, that's why nothing sticks with us. Deceitful look at Brenda. Okay, let's just get this next bite in our mouth. <laughs> but speaking of sports, um, we do have Super Bowl coming up. We do. What I'm do actually think? excited. You know what? I'm not, but. I think if there's a Super Bowl that does not include New England, New England it's automatically exciting. You know, and you do have a point. And it's not because like I'm a I'm a New England hater or anything. It's just that it gets kind of old. Kind of like Golden State. Yeah, like a Golden State. But so hold up. On the count of three. Okay. Let's say who we're predicting to win the Super Bowl okay. in two weeks. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. One, two, three. The Chiefs. Yes! <laughs> it's meant okay. to be, ladies and gentlemen. That calls for another drink. <laughs> I was going to say, like, as a caveat, if we get the same one, you were drink <laughs> I did forget my wallet so I'm excited for them I okay so I'm gonna be like honest and I'm gonna say I don't tune into NFL I don't tune in like all season like how you do but um 
I tune in like last minute, just in time to get to know like who's going to the Super Bowl. When did you tune in? Like last weekend? Yeah. Last weekend. Real last weekend. <laughs> last minute. But like I've been, I don't know if I've been sleeping on the Chiefs, but like even like leading up to last weekend, like they've been like a silent kind of hero. You know they were, and even though Mahomes got injured, kind of before the midpoint. He still came back, and there was a little bit of struggle, but, you know, they, they, I can't say they came out pretty strong, and the only thing that worries me about, I still pick them, like, I, I'm not anti-49ers or anything like that, but I feel like the Chiefs had kind of paved their way to make it to where they're at right now. Yeah. Um, but the only thing I do worry about is their defense, because... You know, the moment that their defense is is collapsing, that's when San Francisco's just gonna like score, score, score. Yeah. So I just hope they improve on that end. I don't know how much improvement they can work on from here up until two weeks from now in the Super Bowl. But they're gonna be playing in Miami. They're gonna be playing in amazing what 70, 60 degree weather. And all, like, the excitement going on. Because it's going to be, like, their... They've only won, like, one Super Bowl, right? I think so. It's been a while. It's going to be monumental for both of them. And then they get their halftime performance. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, well, you know you know what? I'm excited for Shakira. I think I love her. Jennifer Lopez is so overrated. Um, I'm not excited about Jennifer Lopez performing. She is overrated. She is overrated. And I'd never, like, get excited. I don't know. But you saw her in real life. Maybe she's better, like, right? Remember? You saw her in real life? Did I? She's cool whenever she performs Selena songs. Yeah. I was there. I was in Australia. But I think... But they need to bring a Latin flavor to the halftime performance. And that who else makes they bring sense. That makes sense. They're in Miami. They need to bring Miami. the hips that don't lie. Um, I'm excited for that. And 49ers are also, like, very entertaining to watch, too. Like, as much as you watch their plays, you also watch their... their um... Four-star <laughs> quarterback? Oh. No. No. I just can't get over him. He just bugs me. Maybe that's why I don't like them so much. But you also get a kick out of their celebration dances, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so much so that we're going to come up with our own celebration dance right here, right now. And I'm going to encourage the bartender to tell you to do so. <laughs> Brenda does an amazing robot. <laughs> Only after, like... Eight hours of drinking. Right. And we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that Super Bowl. Like, really. And I haven't been excited about a Super Bowl in a long time. Are you going to be here? I think I'm going home for the Super Bowl. We have, like, two big, like, two big um, Super Bowl square boards going. Oh, you do? Yeah. They're for big money, too. Um, like each quarter you can win like seven hundred and fifty dollars. It's good. I know it's like big, big, big bucks. I didn't seem to get an invite, but Brenda, come with me. <laughs> you love going back home with me. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, 
That's that's a tough one. I can go to Galveston. Home of, um, close to the home of the Astros. Oh. So that's funny because, um, <laughs> <laughs> they've actually been in the news a lot. I know, you know, you didn't pay attention to Super Bowl, uh, 2020 up until now. I know. Have you heard anything about the Astros? Since you're from Galveston and most Galveston, what's, we're San Antonians, what do you call Galveston people? BOIs. Well, if you're from Galveston, you're called like a BOI, born on island. Born on island. Islanders. Islanders. So you naturally kind of gravitate towards Houston Texans, Houston Astros. Houston Rockets. What, what's your take? And let's talk a little bit more sports before we uh, finish up. Astros? What's your take on the Astros being accused of cheating and Astros potentially hits. being stripped of their title, which they oh. cheated? Brenda. Like, they hit home for me, like, growing up. Seeing, I saw more Astros more than like any other sports, more than basketball, more than football. Like we would go to the Astros game, and they have a beautiful park. I think I tell you all the time, I love Minute Maid Park. I've been there a couple times. It's very, yeah, it's it's a nice park. Yeah. So my dad would take us, and like all the way going back to seeing like the Big B's, Berkman, Bagwell, Burke, and all them. Yeah. Um, so it hits home. Um, but over here, I don't see them as much. But still, I'm like. Like, I should have cheered. Yeah, I'm like, oh, those are my boys over there. But your boys have been accused of cheating. That is true. So your family, a big portion of your family, lives in Galveston. Yeah. Very big Astro fans. What do you think they have to say about this whole scandal? Um, they say everybody else is doing it. <laughs> we just happen to be the scapegoats that got caught. So you know what happened, right? Mm. I guess somebody from the Astros left the team and went to another team. And they were like, hey, guess what the Astros are doing? They're cheating. But in the end, this guy who went to another team. Was that Alex Cora? You may be right. I'm guessing because I don't follow it 100%. I'm not a big baseball fan. But you may be right. But, like, he was a cheater with the Astros, so did he go to another team and just automatically turn off, like, his cheating personality? Probably not. Like, there's people in the game that do it, um, and they're just, like, everybody kind of pays attention to the way they give hand signals. <laughs> like, True, but when you, <laughs> when you use real cheaters, supposedly, <laughs> that's against the rules from what I'm told. And I'm not a stranger to scandals like that where the Saints got called and penalized and served their 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 punishment for targeting, which are they the first team to actually target? No. Mm, they just no. got, you know, like someone else says, they became the scapegoat. But it happens with every league. And whenever you're whenever you get big, like the Astros. Man There's people that want to shut down. you down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I love them. You know, if I don't know if they'll get stripped of their title, 
Nah. They should probably keep it as a badge of dishonor, in a way. Ouch. I know. I don't care. <laughs> Let them keep their championship, just so we're all kind of reminded of how but, they want it. like, speaking of New England, who have been also, like, caught cheating. Yeah. Like, the Astros, I think they'll make it again to the World Series, and when they make it, I don't think... Like New England, oh look, they won again. They won again. They won again. I don't think they get categorized as cheaters that won again. They're just like now reigning I don't champions. Know, because to be honest, like every time I'm on social media and I'm talking about the Saints, like there's still that one or two, you know, dumbass fans. Take all these away? You ready for your desserts? Yeah, that works. Yes. Can please. I also get a prosecco too? Glass prosecco, and then we'll get the dessert. Thank dessert. you. We ordered a tart. Right? What was that? A tart? Yeah. But now going back to what I was saying, I mean, we still get reminded of Bounty Gate and whatever. And I feel like at the end of the day, like, we'll still get those fans that that say, oh, you only won a championship because of this, or, uh, you know, the league is penalizing you because of that. But my question is, do baseball fans really, at the end of the day, are they going to stop watching baseball? I'm not a fan of baseball because I, because especially not the Astros, happened throughout the years. Yeah, not only with cheating, but only you know, but with uh, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and you know the other Houston Astros that you were talking about, Clemens. Yeah, they clearly had performance-enhancing drugs in their system. With the with the baseball legacy being so tainted, has has anything declined? I'm sure. I think viewership has declined. I think the excitement isn't as as hyped as it used to be. But at the end of the day, there's still going to be Houston Astro fans. At the end of the day, they're still going to go to games. Is this going to ruin their legacy? I don't know. And if we can talk to children today, don't cheat. Maybe one day we can have a world of sports that doesn't cheat. But right now, I think it's very, very heavy in whatever sport you are, whatever team you are. something questionable happens... There's always someone that says it's fixed. Right. Every boxing match, it's fixed. Every football game where there's a question for called, it's fixed. Spurs not in the playoffs, fixed. Oh, no, they just don't <laughs> That's not a conspiracy. You just watch them. And your brother even started trying to, to talk to me about the Mavs. Oh, he's been the on the Mavs for years. Stormy, shut up. <laughs> Greg Popovich knows what he's doing. He does. Uh, he does, but we just don't have a good team. That's not a conspiracy. Another <laughs> ouch. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no. But there's greater days ahead of us all for the Astros, yeah. for the Spurs, for Margie, for Brenda, for 2020, for, 2020, for everybody. 2021. For this dessert that's about to be presented. I know, I'm about to say us. five minutes from now. We gotta eat this without any disruptions. <laughs> no. Oh, here we go. But no, I, I'm looking forward to 2020 and um, more episodes with you yeah. because you are my my best friend and we love doing things like this. Exactly. Good times and more to come. Good times and more to come. So cheers to that. We'll see if those Chiefs make it to We're that calling trophy it. in Miami. We called yeah. it. It's <laughs> cheers and. Uh, Catch you next time. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next podcast next week. Right? Exactly. Next week. Is it still going to be culinary week next week? 
Yeah. I hope so. We'll see. Yeah. I change my mind often. <laughs> All right. Good night, y'all. Alrighty, here we are at Weathered Souls Brewing Co. here in San Antonio, Texas. And my guest today is head brewmaster and founder of Weathered Souls, Marcus. How are you doing, Marcus? I'm doing well and yourself? Doing good, thank good. you. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, and I just wanted to give you an introduction and have you kind of talk about your background, your experience, and really what you see uh, for Weathered Souls now and in the future of the craft brewery industry. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so <laughs> you're not from San Antonio, you're, you're West Coast, right? Yeah, so originally I'm from Sacramento, California. So I've been in San Antonio though for seven years. Seven years? Uh-huh. And what brought you over here to San Antonio? So originally I used to be a fraud manager for Citibank. So basically, um, yeah, I took a promotion to come over here to train uh, new employees and then basically decided to stay because I had never been out in Sacramento and never did anything like different. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, let's just go ahead and just move. I didn't have any like other obligations or anything like that. Yeah. So kind of just transplanted here and ended up staying. As a San Antonian who's never lived anywhere but here, what were your thoughts about San Antonio coming from California? Originally, people can't drive. <laughs> I hear that all the time, especially from people from Seriously, California. People can't drive, <laughs> and you guys are a little bit slower. So, you know, like dealing with people in California or even the West Coast, it's kind of more yeah. of you're in the rush yeah. kind of thing. Like, like fast not paced. Te- not technically rush, but it's like you want to do things as swiftly as possible, right? So yeah. here I noticed like people were a lot more patient and slower dealing with things <laughs> than typical yeah. people from the West Coast. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember we went to San Francisco um, about five years ago just for a vacation. And we were blown away because we felt like just even walking across the street that we were being pushed around and like people were just rude. Mm-hmm. And maybe because we were going too slow or something, yeah, but move and, out the way. Yeah, they move just. Out the way. <laughs> I was like, you need to quit fucking touching me. It got that bad, but there is obviously a difference between you know people from Texas. She's from Galveston. Um, I'm born and raised here, okay. but there is a like a clear distinction yeah, between. Yeah, definitely is for sure. Yeah, I think I almost got in another like two or three fights over there. Yeah, she, <laughs> she does that over here too. But. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. <laughs> take that part out um and so you started with brewing in your home uh-huh. how did that start or i i've heard of home brewing but like how did that get into your head and how did you execute so, that i started drinking beer probably around 23 24 mm-hmm. so i used to be a liquor person it was crazy i was just telling somebody at the bar like i started drinking when i was like eh, 18 19 yeah but it wasn't like sneaking behind my parents back or anything like that they just didn't care because i was drinking with my older brother and my cousin yeah so it was more of like a um, controlled environment yeah <laughs> then also being said that like um i started going to like 21 and over clubs when i was like 16 17. oh my god so i was exposed to uh, you know, like alcohol and stuff like that yeah. at a younger age. Uh, the bar I scene. Like, yeah, I had like a relative that used to be in the music business. And so yeah. we used to get to go to like different things, you know, younger based off of who he was and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then I got into beer like around 23-ish, 22-ish. 
And uh, from there, uh, my brother is the one that got me into beer. So I have an older brother. He's about seven years older than me. Yeah. So at that point, um, he has got like a Mr. Beer kit and did like a homebrew. And the beer was terrible. Like, What's whoa. a Mr. Beer kit? That yeah, sounds like something you could beer. buy at Walmart yeah. for like well, $10. Well, literally, probably, yeah. <laughs> oh they sell God. them for super cheap and they're usually old. And But the beer came out terrible. And, uh, <laughs> but y'all didn't know any better than yeah. that, right? Like, well, not y'all, them. him. <laughs> So you were just watching, point, right? Yeah, so at that point, it was like, well, I could brew a better beer than you. And so uh, me and my brother have a very competitive relationship, even down to, like, uh, cooking in the kitchen and oh, different geez. things like that. And I'm just competitive in general. So as soon as it was like, all right, I'm going to brew a better beer than you, like, that was it. So we actually ended up brewing our first couple beers together. Yeah. Then I ended up moving out here, like, a year later. And in the process of that, like, I uh, ended up buying, like, a homebrew kit, like, a big system and stuff like that, because I was kind of bored out here by myself, and uh, basically started brewing, like, nonstop. So every two weeks was a different beer going in, different things like that. Like, uh, I ended up, you know, going through all the, like, troublesome stuff, so I had a beer explode, hit the ceiling. Oh, my God. So even when I moved out, like, uh, I was in that apartment for four years. Oh, so you did in your apartment? Out, yeah, like, even moving out of the apartment, like, it was, the stain was still on the ceiling <laughs> when I moved out. So you brewed it in your apartment? Well, in the garage. Oh, well, okay. townhome. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so in the garage, but then I'd have to lift the pot up the stairs and take it upstairs to yeah. cool it and all that other type of stuff. So did that come with, like, an instruction book, or did you, no, like... No, it was kind of more, well, they have instructions, but, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with some of that stuff is very vague. Yeah. Um, so being said that, I'm very, um infatuated with uh, processes and stuff like that yeah so once I actually invest in something of wanting to learn something or do something then that's it like I'm fully invested uh, so at that point I started listening to podcasts reading books mm-hmm. uh, researching different articles online um, from there I went and like started volunteering at a local place when I was back in Sacramento uh, when I moved out here uh, volunteered at a local place here and got a job before I opened here so I was working two jobs like, oh, wow. On top of like my full-time job at Citibank, then I was working part-time at another brewery just to get an experience and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, there's instructions, but if you actually want to get into it, you got to go a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. You have to get your hands dirty, so to say, and actually learn it. Um, And so once you did that and you got your experience, where did you get the idea to To open open, Yeah, to open up Weathered Souls? Um, So I was at a previous place and basically wasn't happy there. Like I didn't have the opportunity to brew my own beers or experiment or, you know, put anything that I wanted to do into the processes. It was kind of like, okay, these are the beers that we have, go ahead and brew them and then that's that. Yeah. Um, so in the process of that, um, I had met a, uh, my business partner um, and we used to go drink and different things like that outside of work. Mm-hmm. And then so um, from there, it was like uh, I ended up quitting the other place because I just wasn't happy there. And then uh, we were out one day and I was like, when are we going to open a brewery? And he was like, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. Was that like drunk talk? Because we have that all the time. I know. The drunk talk. Like a million I won't say drunk talk. I know. I don't really, um, I don't like drinking to get it drunk, but. But when you get to the so, point yeah, where yeah, like your ideas, talk. okay, yeah. we do the, talk. the tipsy talk all yeah, the time. Yeah, maybe tipsy talk. <laughs> so uh, from there, you know, we kind of were like, he was like, I was waiting for you to ask me that. And then from there, we started working on opening a brewery. So about a year and a half later from that, yeah. we ended up opening this place. So like, how long have you been brewing beer? Like, 
in your lifetime? Officially, so at this point, I want to say it's been about eight years. So from home, yeah, from home brewing to where I'm at now, because we've been open for four, about eight years. And so last year you were on the Express News, like San Antonio's best breweries. Was that uh -huh. something that you knew that you were going to kind of get, or was it a surprise to you? Cause that's, that was a surprise. Because there's so uh, many breweries popping up. Like yeah, I, well, I hear a lot of people talk about breweries. and On the grand scheme of things, we're kind of undersaturated here. Mm -hmm. So you figure like San Antonio is the seventh largest city in the, the United States, and I think we have 18 breweries, 19 mm -hmm. breweries, yeah. or something like that. But then you go to uh, San Diego, for instance, and they have a few hundred. Yeah. So, you know, um, being said that, that was definitely a surprise. But over the course of the last three years, we've been voted best brewery a few times. Yeah. So, you know. Not to toot your own, yeah, not not to toot your own horn, horn, but. Uh, toot, toot. <laughs> yeah, toot know, all you want. Yeah, I mean, I love it. We've been that a few times here. So, um, it's you know, it's always nice to be honored for yeah. your hard work and stuff like that. And yeah. It's always appreciated. and keeps you dry you know it keeps, it keeps you, you going driven to want to want to produce better beer and that yeah. kind of thing yeah. so in i guess on top of that how do you think your brewery kind of sets itself apart from all the others in um, san antonio or even surrounding so san antonio in san antonio you'll notice you have basically a old wave of brewers and a new wave of brewers right so you have these breweries here that have been established for years the breweries that have been open and they're more traditional German beers, easy drinking beers, mm -hmm. on the maltier spectrum of beers. Yeah. Um, that type of thing. Uh, dealing with here, we were kind of the first brewery outside of that spectrum that opened that kind of embraced some of the uh, newer trends of beer, but also still um, still evolved older trends as well and try to establish those in the brewery. Yeah. So what ended up happening here is basically what we're known for our stouts. So we've gotten everything from top 33 stouts in the world to, you know, um, we've done a lot of collaborations because of our stouts. Uh, we've had, you know, some successful releases and stuff like that based on our stouts. Yeah. Uh, we do a lot of hazy beers, sours, but then we also do traditional stuff. So like right now you're drinking a traditional Doppelbach. Yeah. Right? So a lot of breweries may do Doppelbachs. Well, not really a lot, but a few do them. I can't um, say I've heard of it before, yeah, to be so honest. Yeah, so it's not a common style. Yeah. So what a Doppelbach is, is basically a double version of a Bach. Obviously, Doppel meaning double. Yeah. And basically what it is, is a highly rich melanoidin toffee caramel lager yeah and they're higher in abv so typically like what i'm drinking now is our hardwood classic that's 4.8 percent that beer you're drinking is 10 percent so it drinks like a lager but it's gonna hit you like It'll a hit stout you later. <laughs> yeah like, i have a sure. question so like my marketing background when i worked for wb liquors um we didn't do that much marketing for beer mm -hmm. it was like the top tier was liquor and then wine and then beer at the very bottom and so I did work maybe once a month on the content, so I, I'd have to read up and get educated on beer. But more so, I had to be on top of things when it came to liquor and wine. So I remember with wine, there are different types of bodies. There's medium body. Does that also, is that also a thing for beer too? Yes. Okay. So definitely so. So, um, and we can try some stuff later so you can kind of see the difference. Yeah. But like right now, I'm drinking a light body beer. Mm -hmm. uh, what she just had was a very heavy 
full body beer. But it was small. It was yeah. So what she had <laughs> But was, I could tell yeah, because like it's a, a heavier body. Stout. And yeah. those, you even notice from the tap that they pour differently. Yeah. Like really this one flows really too. nice. Yeah. That one flows really heavy, dark. Yeah. So there's definitely different styles of body, there's yeah. different styles of mouthfeel is what it's called. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. It definitely translates to beer. Um the term like craft beer, I wanna say like I've heard it everywhere. And even the larger uh, companies like Budweiser, Bud Light, mm -hmm. they've come out with their own version of craft beers. How would you define craft beer? Well, that is definitely not craft beer. <laughs> um, yeah. But basically, um, per like beer ad, beer um, beers association, like uh, it's basically a certain limit of barrelage that you brew a year. Uh, there's different stipulations that go in line with being a craft brewery, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but more so, dealing with craft is the literal word crap yeah. we're putting like literal blood sweat and tears into beer well not literal but, <laughs> like, oh, you, know, God. <laughs> like, you know we're actually hands-on and producing beer and yeah. uh basically taking our love into each thing that we do here right, right? uh dealing with the macro scene it's more automated system and you know like yeah. um and it's very uh driven to it's not even really beer like they're using a lot of extracts different things like that we're yeah. using yeah. grain water hops like whole and, ingredients. Yeast, and that's it right yeah. and yeah. then outside of that we use whole ingredients as far as the treatment for adjuncts for like the stout you just had and different mm -hmm. things like that but it's it's completely different animal for sure. But um, I know, and just like by reading up, I know that those larger companies like Anheuser are trying to compete with the craft. So what they do is they buy up craft brands mm -hmm. and then try to market them still as craft beer. But at this point, it's not craft beer anymore, right? Because yeah. you've already bought this brand and you know have uh, implemented your whole principles and yeah, your you have business a following already. Into, yeah, yeah into this substance now so you're taking away from the whole thing that made it craft so like Carbach for instance right Carbach yeah. used to be a really good brewery and I'm sure they still make good beer but I haven't bought their beer since they got bought out yeah. but yeah. dealing with that um, you know it's like uh, you're not the same company once you get bought out uh, you're not the same company once you implement those principles and different yeah. things like that because at this point it's not about the beer anymore so like for instance our literal slogan here is it's all about the beer yeah. like um you know it's about putting love and that process into everything that you do yeah. versus you know them it's more so about the money mass here, manufacturing so, it exactly. to get it out to the public here and craft beer in general is more so about the passion of the craft and getting people to enjoy the different characteristics and flavors and different things like that yeah. it's a whole completely different animal. and so what do you think is like from a like i was thinking on like a marketing perspective What's like your challenge competing with those bigger, other than the fact that, you know, you're you're more dedicated to the people and grassroots. Um, money is definitely a big thing. So, right, because you know, they have that bigger yeah, marketing exactly. budget and advertising budget to just saturate exactly. whatever market they so, want. And that's the thing; they have so much money that they can saturate the market. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we're small businesses, right. so you don't have all those extra funds to be able to do the marketing and advertisement and but the different things that they do. Like that's purpose. Like on y'all's end, right? Like y'all don't want to. It's well, more exactly. like a word of yeah. mouth type thing, right? Yeah. So here, especially, we don't pay for advertisement. Yeah. So everything that we've done here to build our brand has been word of mouth. So Facebook, uh, people spreading the gospel about our beer, brewery, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like we don't pay for advertisement. Um, and just the name is. 
like draws curiosity too. Mm -hmm. I love the name. Yeah. So yeah. you know, dealing with that is like um, it's definitely the more so of money and mm -hmm. economics as far as what they're able to do and what we're able to do. But it also builds that loyalty with. With, with the local with, scene. Yeah, the and local so that's scene. that's the more important thing. So breweries, you know, uh, that's how you, you build your brand and your, and your name is the local scene, right? Yeah. So the people that come in and support your beer every day, come here for all the releases and yeah. trade your beer and send it out and, you know, see our beer at restaurants and drink it and different things like that. That's what builds our brand up. Right? It's the local yeah. support. And then from local support, then it goes national because then national people are wondering why are all these local people worried about this brewery or so. Why are they you talking know, about yeah, it? Talking like, why about isn't it in the conversation? Versus, you know, the 30 or 40 other places that are open. Yeah. So, you know, it, it definitely helps. And so that's yeah. why you always want to support local and different things like that because yeah. that's what builds your actual craft brand. And then, you know, dealing with the whole scene of actual people and the general public, the more you support your craft brands and stuff like that, or the more that they're going to strive to make better beer, the more breweries that are going to pop up, the more options that you're going to have, yeah. Yeah. because now you guys are showing love to that scene and it's going to want to grow because now they see opportunity for growth. Yeah. But if there's not opportunity for growth, then we're not going to get the expansion that other cities yeah. are getting or what other people want. You're just going to stay st uh, stagnant. Yeah pretty much exactly um yeah so i i kind of bartend well i got my tbc and i did bartending when i was at wb liquors and so i bartended at the grand hyatt uh -huh. downtown at the convention center and i was kind of shocked that they had uh dollar shine uh -huh. on tap yeah so we're on tap <laughs> yeah and yeah. so to me that was a big deal because i mean 90 percent of of the people staying at grand hyatt our meetings and conventions, you know, attendees, mm -hmm. and so they're all from out of state. And I just remember, and this was over the summer that I kind of bartended for a while. Um, they wanted a lager, they wanted something, and so I would always recommend whether it's souls. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Um, but the funny thing is, like, they loved it. They were. I never got any negative comments. They were just like, "Give me another one. Give me another oh. one." And. To me, that's a cool thing just because I'm able to give them a taste of San Antonio and a taste of, like, the local craft scene, how it should be. So, for me, that was kind of, like, it was eye-opening because I didn't expect to see, you know, your beer on tap. Mm -hmm. And I think we had two beers on tap, but that was kind of, like, wow. I mean, you guys have that distribution, not even, like, on a local, but it's really on a national level because we have people from... California, from Florida, just from all over for different types of conventions. And so to me, I thought that was cool because you were in like one of the top, you know, hotels in San Antonio mm -hmm. and in the world yeah. at that. Yeah. So I thought it was cool. Very cool. I did it. Shout out to my sales staff. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, guys. It was funny when they would order, I'll take that Dale Shine. I'm like, <laughs> I'm shaking my head. We get that all the time here for sure. It depends where you're from if you pronounce yeah. it correctly, right? My dad would know what that is. You know what it is, right? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Did you have anything that you wanted um, to ask? Yeah, okay. so, like, y'all have a great selection of beers. Um, uh -huh. So where do you get, like, your inspiration? So you're the mad scientist behind everything. Where do you get... And y'all come out with, like, a different beer, like, every Thursday, yeah, too, so right? Yeah, so we have a new release every Thursday. Yeah, every Thursday. Every Thursday. It's so you have to, to come up, up with, like, a new sure. idea yeah. every week. Um, but most of the time, it's just kind of, like, the flavor profiles that I like. I like mm -hmm. cooking at home, so sometimes, you know, you try to implement that type of stuff. Yeah. 
but really it drives you crazy trying to come up with new ideas because there's only like so many flavor profiles you can come out with after a while yeah but that's why we've been trying to do uh new events and different things like that so now we're doing like monthly events that uh focus on specific flavor profiles so we did one that was like um, in december that was all based on uh christmas desserts so it was all the styles were based on christmas desserts so that made things a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, and then last month it was all of them were coffee based. So different coffee drinks. So like thin mint frappuccino. Oh my God. And, Where know, was I? Uh, Rwanda, uh, Irish cream French press. And, yeah. You know, different things like that to kind of implement those different flavors. Thank you. So um, it can get stressful at times, but it's kind of more so you try to um, bring things that's reminiscent of your childhood, like different snacks and treats and yeah. desserts, and, <laughs> you know, different things that you could come up with to keep people interested to come in for sure. What was your favorite snack back in the day that you my, would eat like every day after school? My favorite probably would have been Ho-Ho's. But not ho ho oh. specifically. It would have been the off-brand Swiss cakes. <laughs> Swiss cakes are better than ho hos. Sure. Are they really? Yes. I don't know. I would have to say they're the same, but mm -mm, it's different. Ah, uh, why? The Swiss cake was a little bit had like a more of a cakey, batter-like type aspect to it versus like ho hos were a little bit softer. I'm telling you, try them together. I'm gonna have to do like a different. taste test yep. of like, like my mom would always buy the Hill Country Fair. Mm -hmm. We, we are labor got name brand and like the cereal was so different like we would get like the the hill country fair or whatever it was called back then like honey smacks yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were just like little pieces like the of quaker oat brand yeah <laughs> <laughs> my mom's like it's the same thing i'm like it's not no, that's it why we're not eating it it tastes nope. awful um as far as like ingredients like do you buy them locally? Yeah, so we tend to try to buy all our ingredients locally. Uh, we go through a local company called uh, Johnson Brothers. Uh, basically, they have a division for their uh, bakery. They do a, like a bakery distribution. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have a division that's dedicated to brewing. So they do our grain and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But then they also have the whole aspect of all their bakery goods. So we have access to all of that stuff as well. Oh, okay. So most of the additional ingredients we get locally here from Johnson Brothers. Or if we can't find them from Johnson Brothers, then I'll source them from HEB or yeah. you know uh, some of the local businesses. Uh, like uh, the chocolate events this weekend, we're using some local businesses as far as the chocolates that we're using. Do you use like chocolate like chocolate? Uh-huh. Oh my God. So yeah, this uh, Saturday, the 29th, no, that's not the 29th yet. Wait. The 15th. This weekend is Valentine's yeah. Day weekend. So that's 14th. So the 15th, yeah. uh -huh. we have our chocolate stout factory. <gasps> so Weathered Souls in the Chocolate Stout Factory. I haven't. And basically, that's going to be eight different barrel aged stouts mm -hmm. that all feature different chocolates and like different dessert features to them. So we're going to oh, wow. have a coconut fudge candy stout. Oh and my God. A peanut butter stout. Which one is your favorite out of those? Things. Like I'm a huge, I have a sweet tooth like crazy. I love uh -huh. chocolate. Um, what would be like your top chocolate? My favorite chocolate, I'm a huge dark chocolate fan for sure. Yeah. How you doing, sir? Doing all right? A huge dark chocolate fan. Yeah. So um, for me, I like dark chocolate. Um, but we've been experimenting with a new chocolate lately called ruby chocolate and it's okay. actually red and a ruby chocolate features like uh, 
some fruitier aspects to the whole chocolate frame, like some plum, dark fruit, stuff like yeah. that. It still gives you that milk chocolate-like vibe to it. It's actually yeah. very interesting. So we've been playing with that a lot. They're having a chocolate event. For Valentine's? Well, the like, day after. Oh. The 15th, yeah. We're actually going out that day. <laughs> after we come here for some chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then basically what we'll do is we'll pair different chocolates with the stouts. Yeah. And you can sample different chocolates and stuff like that. So stuff. We could skip the rodeo. I'm not even a rodeo fan. <laughs> I just got free tickets from work. I'm like, I got to go with the BFF. Um, oh, so I was going to ask you as far, I love pizza. Like if I can eat anything every day, it'd be pizza. What would you, like, what's your best food pairings? Like pizza, burgers, um... Uh, for me, my favorite food pairing will probably be a steak and a stout. A steak and a stout. I see that. So you have that, you know, your dark meat with, you know, a nice, robust beer. Yeah. Uh, very accents very well, especially this barrel age. Um, outside of that, I would probably do a burger and fries and a West Coast IPA. So that, that. Uh, hoppy characteristic, uh, citrus and fruit flavors. Uh, play off the like hot, the meat. Play really well with the meat and the fries and that type of thing. Um, what about pizza? Pizza, I enjoy pizza. Like pizza. I love pineapple pizza, which everyone is like uh, that. You should <laughs> see you. You, you can put you know pineapple on pizza. Uh, it just goes together. <laughs> and I, I know you're disagreeing with me right now, but there's a select few of special people that love. No. <laughs> Don't you can't say that. Don't put words in his mouth. No. no but that's uh, my that's pizza, my favorite. I would probably pair pair lighter beers. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. a pilsner, a lager, yeah. something like that. Probably pair well with the bread and cheese and stuff like that. And pineapple. Pepperoni maybe. And pineapple. <laughs> maybe. Come on. It just it it adds like a certain sweetness to like the meat and like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm not treat for you. Okay. Um, here. Being that it's Valentine's Day, we're gonna take you on a blind date right okay. about now. So we're gonna blindfold you. Um, don't be alarmed. <laughs> we're not gonna harm you or steal your beer. <laughs> we want I know. <laughs> okay. Um, so Brenda's gonna blindfold you, and then as you're blindfolded, we're gonna give you a couple of your own beers that you have to guess. Yeah, there's four beers here, and you have to guess what you're drinking while not looking. Okay. Um, go ahead. Yes. And which ones you didn't? Yeah. No, I can take them off. It's fine. I won't be able to see anyway, right? Can I get a picture of you right No, you're good. <laughs> you could take a picture. <laughs> okay. Oh, let me get the plane. So, so here's the right. first one. We're not going to tell you which one that is. Okay. So you don't have to guess the exact name, but if you can guess what category, what type of beer. That is Prestidigitator, the Doppelbach. Okay. We will let you know if you're right or wrong. 
Um, here's the second beer. So this is an IPA for sure. <laughs> How can you tell? From the aroma. Is it a little hoppy? Can you describe it? What you're tasting? So this is a hoppy beer. Um, not a lot of bitterness. Has kind of some citrus, fruit to it. I would probably say this is 4080. Is that the name of it? Yep. All right, next one. All righty, here's the third one. Actually, that might have been West Coast, but I'm going to go with 4080. So you smelled it, like, what do you get when you, like, smell it? So when you're trying to smell, basically, you're trying to, you know, get the aroma of the beer. Let the taste buds uh, catch up with the mind. Yeah, and exactly. Swish it around so the mouth a little bit. It's a little thicker mouth feel. Uh, definitely a bitterness of IPA. I'm going to go with that. It's probably Mamba Out. Our triple IPA. It's kind of bluesy. All right. Here's the very last one. Okay. We're not letting these go to waste, right? No. Okay. Marcus is going to drink them all. <laughs> and then this is around about midnight. So definitely roasty, some chocolate malt, uh, very easy drinking, not abrasive. So yeah, I'm going to go with around about midnight. Very good, very good. You can take your blindfold off right about now and we'll give you your score. Okay. Right. Out of four. I got three out of four. You got two out of four. Two out of four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first one you said was the uh -huh. and, and it was dual. It was a dual in the sun, yes. Okay. How did you I know can it was see dual? that. Okay. Um, second one you said was forty eighty, and that one was a it says juice. Who got the oh, juice? juice? Okay. Yeah. Similar. <laughs> And the third one, you did get it right, but like, tell us a little bit more about this one. We got really excited for yeah. this one. Mamba out? Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to be a huge Kobe Bryant fan as a kid. So Kobe Bryant was like one of my favorite players growing up. I even used to wear his shoes playing high school basketball. Then I broke my ankle in high school and I swore off Kobe Bryant forever. <laughs> and became a Tracy, uh, Tracy McGrady fan. Oh, like Lord. seriously. And so basically, um, even the course of that, I basically became a fan of Kobe Bryant again uh, a few years later, just based off his competition and drive and that whole Mamba mentality, that type of thing. The West and, Coast in yeah. you too, I'm sure. And I'm a huge yeah. Laker yeah. fan. Like, I've been a Laker fan my entire life. Like, um, so. You weren't a Kings fan? No. My, <laughs> like, my uncle was literally just, one of my uncles uh, was literally just uh, honored at one of the Laker games for being one of the longest standing ticket holders Whoa. for the Lakers. Wow. Yeah. I don't so, even know anyone on that level. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been a Laker fan for a long time. It was uh, a very nice beer. Y'all so did a very good said that, job. You know, he had the uh, um, unfortunate demise. Um, and so I kind of wanted to do something to kind of, like, honor that. But. How did you get the, I guess, the ingredients together? And so the that? beer was actually already brewed. So it was a beer that we had already did uh, with Redhorn in Cedar Park. And... Um, Basically, I was um, at the processes and I was about to come for a name. And then as soon as 
uh, I found out Kobe Bryant had passed away. I said, that's it. We're going to name this one Mamba out. Mm -hmm. And like from there, so came in that Monday and that's it's what we good. went with. Yeah. Nice tribute. Did we give him that? Yeah. And the fourth one you did get right. The Was it a porter? Oh, the porter. The yeah. porter. The roundabout midnight. So you got a 50. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to drink all these as your punishment. <laughs> yeah. I just told Sorry. you I don't drink my beer that often. <laughs> you came close, though. The ones yeah. you got wrong, you came close. You can have Clint's on number one because he, yeah. he, he like, guessed it again and said cool. Yeah. You get half. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a plus for me that I make clean lagers. <laughs> that was fun, though. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being a good sport about that. No, definitely. Have you done that before? Have you had to taste your own beer and guess what it is? I've had to, no. Um, <laughs> taste my beer semi-often for sensory and yeah. quality control and stuff like that. The but, blindfolded? But my own personal like preference as far as drinking um, is very mild. Mm -hmm. um, so I tend to stick to our West Coast IPA or our Pilsner. Yeah, I like Pilsners. So IPA is a pale ale, mm -hmm. right? Um, but what makes it West Coast? Is there like... So our West Coast IPA, uh, what makes the difference between like a hazy and a West Coast? Mm -hmm. West Coast are a cleaner, uh, cleaner profile, uh, a lot more abrasive as far as the bitterness goes. Oh, okay. um, and then hazies tend to be obviously hazy, um, yeah. a lot more softer mouthfeel, uh, not a lot of bitterness to them, uh, kind of more of a quote-unquote juicier aspect to them. Um, so that's what the difference is between the two of them. So as a girl, I feel like, from what I've heard, because I love beer, obviously, but a lot of girls shy away from beer because of the carbs and because of the calories, and they don't want to drink beer. They'd rather drink, you know, vodka, white water, the white car. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If there was a girl that, you know, is on that trip where she doesn't want to gain weight or, you know, it makes her feel heavy or bloated, what beer from your menu would you kind of suggest for her? I would her? definitely suggest one of the lagers or the pilsners. Mm -hmm. uh, those are very light in ABV, which means a lot lower calories, uh, that type of thing. So probably the pilsner or uh, even Dale would be a good option for them. Uh, but what we typically end up doing with um, converting some of the ladies that typically aren't into beer are when we do our uh, sours, mm -hmm. so like our fruited sours, and then we have a creamery series. Uh, so the creamery series always has vanilla and lactose in it. It ah. typically features different fruits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, those typically are more women driven um, and even some of our stouts because uh, oh, wow. a lot of the times uh, women don't like stouts or darker beers. Yeah. They're, they're automatically turned away from them because they look heavy. Yeah. Uh, but then because of the flavor profiles and what's in them and you know, you get these different flavor characteristics um, mm -hmm. from depending on what we're adding to them. And it's always uh, a different trip for them. And so that usually what drives them. And then plus they're high ABV, so they can drink one. And, and they're good. Now, yeah, they don't feel so bad about <laughs> drinking one of them. I didn't realize I was that much into them till maybe about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of fell in love with like porters and, and stouts and... Um, I came in and I ordered the Rwandan French press. Irish uh, the Irish cream. And between the time that I ordered it and the time that my glass went to go get poured, like it was out. <laughs> and 
And I was so looking forward to that because it had like chocolate and like vanilla. Yeah, so she told me that ours, and I thought she was and, like, kidding. But... Coconut, so I'm going to have to come back for that. We'll open a bottle with something. <laughs> I'll let you guys try something okay. for sure. I'd love to but, try But yeah, it. our stouts tend to sell out pretty swiftly. Yeah. Um, so we don't consistently keep stouts on tap, but that's because they sell fast. So it's not because we don't want to. But just like, for instance, um, for the last coffee event, we had 49 kegs of stout. Oh my gosh. By the end of the event, there was about 36, 38 of them gone. So, you know, it's we typically don't hold on to them yeah. too long. Yeah, so it's like, get here while they're on, otherwise you're gonna miss <laughs> out Limited offer sure. only. Yeah. Um, as far as like the barrels, like this, I was gonna ask you before, but do you use like whiskey barrels? Uh -huh. So because I'm a bourbon fan, mm -hmm. I tend to um, dive a lot into barrel aging stouts, mm -hmm. and that's actually my favorite beer is a well-done barrel aged stout. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a nice little barrel program here, a lot of single barrels. I know uh, you're from WB, so you're familiar with that. Yes. So basically, uh, I was in the bourbon in San Antonio group, mm -hmm. and so uh, from there we get a lot of the single barrels, and even from, we got a, a Old Forester single barrel from uh, ACL, from Alamo City Liquors, yeah. and different things like that. So what my goal is, is I want to create like a barrel program that isn't just barrels that everybody else can get, but those singularity barrels that feature certain characteristics and flavors and oh, stuff wow. like that, that nobody's going to have the ability to get. Yeah. And then, you know, release those beers simultaneously, you know, every so often or whatever yeah. the case may be. And then because we have our membership program, uh, a lot of those barrels will probably be implemented into the membership program where they'll only be available there. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, so before cool. we wrap up, I want to, so like I told you, I, the first time I came here was with Larry. And he kind of blew my mind when he said this is, you know, only for members, you know, uh -huh. they're part of a club. I'm like, there's a secret beer club. <laughs> Sign me up. Like, I want to get into it. Um, and because I've never really heard that. But, you know, you mentioned it. How do you sign up so or what happens when you uh, sign We up have for a sign up once a year and we open up so many slots uh, depending on what's going on. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, this is the second year that we're in right now. Um, but you pay a uh, membership fee and then you get access to the membership program. So this year the membership program was a special cooler backpack and you got a special glassware, you get special uh, happy hours, you get special pricing, you get need to 12 that. bottles included with the membership that you, know, you don't have to pay for. Oh wow. Uh, you get first rights to all bottle releases. Yeah. Well, I won't say all, most. Yeah. Like 95% of it. <laughs> um, Not you know, you get special tastings that nobody else gets. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's, it's enticing to some of those people that yeah. are heavily into craft beer and heavily into our beer in general. Yeah. Um, so we have a decent number of members that participate, for sure. And you just gained two more. I know. <laughs> I hope so, right? Sign us up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess to wrap it all up, as far as Weathered Souls, like where do you see you know you taking your brewery in the next year two years yeah. where do you want to see whether souls in the next five uh, years so distribution has definitely been picking up um so the goal is definitely to build on that get our beer into more locations uh get more people familiar with the product and our brand and what we're doing um i've been doing a lot of collaborations and traveling uh, so basically one of the things that we do here that's different from a lot of places around town is we do a lot of collaborations. 
So we go out of state a lot, uh, yeah. brew with other breweries. We have other breweries from out of state or out of the city come here all the time and do different beers and, uh, you know, melt minds together and do different things. I love things. that. Yeah. That's where and you get ideas flowing is exactly. like when you collaborate with you know, other people. Craft brewing is a commodity. Yeah. And so uh, dealing with that, we try to build those relationships uh, with other breweries and stuff like that. And then even then, you have your consumer who is fans of breweries outside of the local scene, right? So, you know, it's kind of uh, paying back to the customer yeah. to bring them some of these breweries that they wouldn't be able to get otherwise and, yeah. you know, give those names to them to have the ability to try some of their beer and stuff like that. So um, kind of just trying to um, build on that, trying to build on our brand, yeah. and just trying to have the brewery grow as a whole. We just implemented uh, South Barbecue into our uh, kitchen uh, about a month ago, so that's been awesome. Uh, We're going to try that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Samia, he makes some awesome barbecue, and to me, he makes the best brisket in town. So <laughs> I heard no, a lot of like, good things. I heard yeah, a lot like, of good things about yeah, South Barbecue. Um, I would have put uh, one place ahead of him, but they're no longer open, so I'm going to give Andrew the number one spot right now. <laughs> I think I know what and, you're talking about, but we'll just leave it at yeah, that. <laughs> so, uh, being said that, you know, um, I am super grateful that he's in here at this point and uh, looking forward to some of the things that he's going to implement uh, yeah. along with the beer. You know, we'll start doing pop-ups and different little menu items and stuff like that. So I love that. So it's going to be cool to kind of see what he does with the kitchen and yeah. kind of grow from there. We've had some little stumbles with the kitchen prior. Um, yeah. So to have a like solid food producer here now is like uh, really awesome for us, for sure. Especially with barbecue that people actually like. like. Yeah, yeah, people exactly. love. I mean, when I said I was going to come here, they're like, oh, I love South Barbecue. Yeah, like, we're going to try even, it. We've even seen like an increase in our customer base mm -hmm. just based off the food already. Yeah. Uh, and then they discover our beer. So it's like people that have never had our beer but are barbecue fans and they come here and like, oh, this beer is actually really good. It's like, yeah, we've often. been here for almost four years. <laughs> you know? Thanks for coming by. Yeah. So, but that's, you know, yeah, it's that's more kind of cool to, you know, get those people in and yeah. kind of convert them to drinking some other stuff yeah. and getting to the whole local scene and stuff like that. And that's more of the trend now is incorporating food with the craft breweries exactly. and, and, you know, people want to yeah. eat while they're, you know, enjoying it beers. Gets people to drink a little bit more. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, because studies have shown, like, when you're drinking, it causes your stomach to kind of uh, want you to eat more. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a victim to that because once I go home, I'm like, I haven't eaten all day. Exactly. I'm starving. But, but have good beer, good food. Thank you. And the I appreciate that. And the place you have is beautiful, too. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't even notice you have, like, a whole, like, we're fortunate to have a lot of space here yeah. and we do events so we've hosted weddings here um, receptions cps energy has been here like hosting That'd seminars good, yeah good little area like different yeah. little businesses doing events and stuff like that so yeah you know it's nice to have that ability to have the space we have like an open bar back there too and yeah different stuff like that so it's cool i love it and you know like I said, it, the first time I came here, I was kind of sold. Um, but just drinking the beer, talking to you, it's just its a really good experience. Good. I love it. And I hope everyone can get introduced to Weathered Souls as much as we have. But I hope so. Yeah, we will be. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. We appreciate it. You know, you did okay on the taste test. Yeah. 
um, I feel so embarrassed. <laughs> that I don't know my own beer, right? I gave you half points for you know for I the seventy five percent. Seventy five percent. It's been a long day. I give you it credit for that. Been. I have been here since six thirty. Oh so God. It's been a long day. So you better sure. yeah. And we'll help you out with these over here. Perfect. <laughs> but no, I want to thank you for for coming on the podcast and. Um, where can people find like your events and uh, so they... we're definitely on Facebook we try to definitely keep our Facebook updated with all our events and stuff that we're doing and then Instagram as well yeah. so those would be the main sources and then we've actually been updating our webpage lately so weathersouls.beer you can check it out check out the current food menus the beer menus um, untapped if you're on untapped keeps our current beer menu um, so you can always go in there and, and have a actual up-to-date view of what's on tap currently Awesome. Any final thoughts, Margie? I don't have any final thoughts other than thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Oh, thanks and for having me. Very educational too. I learned a lot about craft brewing today. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you. We will try the food next and see enjoy what else it. and enjoy yeah. it. Cheers. <laughs> thanks guys. Cheers.